Tonight we'll continue to talk about the power of God's love. The power of God's love. How powerful is God's love in our life? We won't be here today if Jesus didn't come. We won't be calling on the name of the Father if he hadn't come. We won't be having that hope of going to heaven if Jesus did not come. But Jesus himself made it clear to us that God gave because of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's his only son. He sacrificed his life. God gave his best because of love. He gave his best to us so that we can have eternal life. You know, when you're going to exchange anything, if you go to the supermarket and you're going to buy something, and the guy tells you that you see the price there, if you don't think the price is worth your money, you walk away, right? God thinks you're worth the price. That's how precious you are. And that's because of the love of God. The love of God made that happen. How does the love of God manifest in us? Jesus told us that in John chapter 14, verse 21. It says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. I'd like you to understand something. When you know the will of God and you decide in your heart, I'm going to do that. That's a manifestation of God's love in your heart. If you have a fight against what God is saying, that's a manifestation in your heart that you really don't love God. And God knows it. Jesus said, the one who does this, he is loved by my father. Will be loved by my father. But we know God loves everybody. But this is a special love that is directed to the one who loves God in return. There is a big difference. This person loves God in return. As Jesus said, my father will love him. And I will love him. And will manifest myself to him. That means not everybody is having Jesus manifest himself to them. There are a lot of people in the world, some of them in the church, Jesus is not manifesting himself to them. Because they don't really love him. You can claim to love God, but it's your action that tells God that you love him. If you keep his word. Jesus continued, he says, if a man does not love me, he will not keep my word. He won't do what I say. No fight about it. God just knows this person doesn't love me. And yet he loves them, but there is a special love for that individual that truly loves him. But you know what Jesus said? I will manifest myself to him. When he manifests, he reveals himself to this individual that loves him. That's revelation. He reveals, he manifests himself in all his glory. In your finances, because you love him, he will manifest himself. Can I hear an amen? Because you love him. In your struggles... Because he, he abides with you, he and his father is living with you, he'll manifest himself. In your marriage, he'll manifest himself. In your, among your children, he'll manifest himself. Anything that concerns your life, he is there to manifest himself because you love him. He says when you love him, he says the father will love you 
and I also will love you. And you're thinking, he loves everybody. Yes, but this is a special kind of love for you. And then he reveals himself. And I said the last time that Jesus revealed himself to uh, Peter, James, and John in the Mount of Transfiguration. They had never seen Jesus in that fashion before. But on the Mount of Transfiguration, he unveiled himself. And they knew this is, this is not just a man. This is God himself. So God manifests himself. And we said there are certain things that I need to talk about. First one is manifesting himself, revealing himself in light, giving revelation. And we talked about this last time, that when you love God, he'll reveal himself. You know, in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children, so that we know to do all that the law says is for us. Whatever God reveals to you is for your benefit. If, if every time God reveals something to you, if, if it's spiritual, if it is financial, whatever secret, your life will never be the same. Once it gives you truth, you're free. But that truth comes by revelation. When you love God, he reveals himself. We, talk, we talked about Solomon who loved God. It says, but Solomon loved the Lord. And he made all these sacrifices. And because he, he loved God, you could see it in his action. And in that same night, Solomon, who wasn't born with a lot of wisdom, God appeared to him and delivered heavenly wisdom to him that stayed with him until he died. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He stayed with him. I'm telling you, you can love God in a very special way one day and God shows up and your life is totally transformed. That's how God is. So Solomon was both a king and a prophet. And David was also a king and a prophet. You know, when you read Proverbs and all of that, nobody writes scripture unless you're a prophet. Amen? Daniel was a prophet. Even though he was a statesman. But he was a prophet. And he had revelation. Because Daniel loved God. He would rather go into the Daniels, I mean the lion's den, than to stop praying to his God. I'll die. That's the kind of thing. When you love God, he reveals himself. And David was a man after God's own heart. So God reveals himself. Secondly, your love will affect your fulfillment in life. Your love for God will affect your fulfillment in life. You cannot love God and not have a fulfilled life in this present age. It's impossible. When you truly love God, no matter what comes against you, like Paul said in Romans chapter 8, who can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. And he says, yea, in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Nothing can bring you down. You will have a fulfilled life. If you have the genuine love of God in your heart, nothing can destroy you. Nothing can bring you down. Not even death, not life, not things to come, not things present. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because the love of God is in our heart. Who can separate us from that love of God? You cannot but have a fulfilled life if you love God. 
You will have oppositions. You will have troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them. Delivers him from all, not some, all of them. When you love God, he delivers you. Now, I want to share a scripture with you in Deuteronomy chapter, 20, chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. And then from verse 12 and 13 as well. It says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey. Can I hear everybody say, everybody say, diligently obey. Diligently obey. Not just obedience, but diligent obedience. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, keep my words, Jesus said, the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully. Can I hear the word? Observe carefully. Not just observe, carefully observe. All his commandments, which I commend you today, that the Lord your God, that it says, then the Lord, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. You there, put your name there. Peoples of the earth, nations of the earth, put those around you. Amen? <laughs> Everyone around you. God says if you diligently obey and carefully observe, then he will set you above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. What blessings? If anything can be regarded as blessing, it will come on you and overtake you. If it's financial blessing, if you can refer to it as blessing, God says when you carefully obey, diligently obey, and you carefully observe all these blessings, financial blessing in your, marriage, in your home, your marriage life, your family, in your profession, everything that you do, these blessings, and God doesn't, doesn't specify. If you consider it a blessing, it will come on you, knock you over, and run in front of you. You'll be chasing after the blessing. It's too fast. Can I hear an amen? Every blessing on this world will come upon you. If you carefully obey, or you diligently obey and carefully observe. Verse 12 and 13, it says, The Lord will open to you his good treasure. And not just treasure, his good treasure. Thus, he will let you see how rich he is. And if you are a son or a daughter of a rich man, you know what's coming to you, right? He will open to you, not just his treasure, his good treasure, for you to look and see what belongs to you and what you can benefit from. He will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, everything up there. Have you heard about streets of gold? They walk on the stuff that we kill for here on earth. They walk on them. People are killing and 
stealing and fighting just to get gold. Over there, they are walking over them. It's, it's under their feet. It's good treasure. The heavens. To give the rain to the land in its season. Now, God has seasons. Amen? There may be, you may be going through a dry season, but your season is on its way. If you are diligently obeying and carefully doing his commandment, a season will come upon you. The Lord will bless you. It will let his rain. It's called showers of blessings. Many heard that someone before. There shall be showers of blessings. They will come over you, knock you down, overtake you. Showers of blessing. God will give you his rain, the, the rain in his season. God will do that. And to bless the work of your hand. I need to read that back. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in his season. And to bless all the work of your hand. To bless all the work of your hand. I'll repeat. To bless all, not some, all the work of your hands. You know, you, your hand has to be doing some work to be blessed. Amen. If you are not working, there is nothing to, for God to bless. You can obey all you want, diligently, carefully. God says, where is the work? Show me what you're doing so I can bless it. So if you are lazy, excuse me, did I say that? No. <laughs> there is nothing for God to bless. There is nothing for God to bless. It's hard to really love God and not work. Because God wants to bless you. And when you really truly love Jesus, you're ready to go. And everything you touch, God will bless. He may not bless it overnight, but I'm telling you, God will set you up and that blessing will stay in your life. The blessing will go past your life to your children because when God blesses you, it doesn't stop with you. God says he will continue to bless you until the 10th generation shows up. That's how it is. It's not just the present. He'll take care of you in the present, but he'll never forget your children. Especially in the New Testament where Jesus died on the cross for us. He'll take care of you. You say, I have this confidence in God. God's faithful. He takes his beloved home, but he doesn't forget their children. He took Abraham home. He stayed with Isaac. He said to Isaac, I was the God of Abraham. Now Abraham is back there in heaven. You are alive here. I am now going to be known as the God of Isaac. Amen. And he said the same thing to Jacob. And he was the God of uh, Joseph. That's the God that we serve. He goes down the line to the 10th generation. And the covenant is even more powerful because of the blood of Jesus. All they had was blood of goats and bulls. Now we have the blood of Jesus to seal it if we love God. But you got to be doing something. Amen? 
to bless all, all the work of your hand, everything that you do. You have to expect it. And you have the love of God in you. I'm coming to that. He's already there. We don't have expectations in the house of God. When we begin to expect the blessings, nobody's going to tell you to do something. You know, I know of a church where the people complain, what is wrong with pastor these days? He's not coming up, for, or coming up with a project so that we can give to this project. He's robbing us of our blessings. What's wrong with pastor? Pray for him. I wish that was the case in the United States of America. Every time pastor brings in a project to give, you see, he started again. See, he wants our money now. But these guys are saying, what's happening to pastor? Why won't he come up with a, pro- with a project so we can give and God can bless us? That's a good problem for pastor. Pastor, all the people are complaining that you, what's the matter with you? Don't you, can't you find a bigger land for us to buy? <laughs> because we are ready to give. Because they have learned when you love God and you want to give into his work, he's going to bless you. And he doesn't stop with you. He goes all the way down. He says, and the Lord will make you, verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Forget the tail. Don't think about scratching from the bottom of the pot. Barely making it, barely surviving. Get rid of your poverty mentality. Always scratching. Always calculating. You think Jesus will stand and say, "Uh, uh, Judas, please count the money and see if we have enough to do this. You think that will happen? (laughs) The love of God will not let that happen. We don't have to calculate. We have to use wisdom. But you have to settle down, settle, settle it in your heart that you belong to the Lord God and the Lord is your shepherd. I'd always like to go there. I shall not want. I can never be in want. I may not be able to get everything that I want, but all my needs are going to be met, every single one of them, and I'll have in abundance because God is with me. So I don't have to calculate. I got to be careful. I have to use this wisdom. But God says the Lord will make you the head and not tail. Not the tail. You shall be above. Guess what God added? Only. So if you find yourself at the bottom and you have the love of God, you say this is illegal. I can't tolerate this. This is wrong. And get mad. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. If you rest and say, thy will be done, well, that's not his will. You're being lazy spiritually. Fight for your life and fight for your family and believe God will take care of you. But these things will only happen to you. You will only be heard and not tail, you will only be above only and not beneath if you are diligently obeying God's word and carefully observing what God has in all his commandments. The Lord God said it. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, I command you today, and are careful to observe them. That's the way these blessings will come. So keeping God's commandment is the key. What does that say? If I am confident that I have carefully kept God's commandment, 
these blessings have to come on me, right? Otherwise, God will be a liar. If you carefully and diligently, diligently obeyed God and carefully observed all his commandments, notice all his commandments, God has no choice. If he doesn't do it, he will, he will no longer be God. He's gone back on his word. So if I have carefully, diligently done his commandments, he's got to bless you. And God is not a man that he should lie. So all I have to be concerned about is to be sure that I have diligently obeyed and I have carefully observed all of his commandments. Once I get that requirement met, the blessings have to come upon me and knock me over and over. And everything that I set my hands to do must prosper because God has said it and his word will never return to him void. The only thing that can hold that back is being diligent and being careful. There was a lawyer in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 22, uh, beginning from verse 36 through 40, uh, or actually from 35. Yes, this guy was there, tells you he was a lawyer. He talk, spoke to Jesus and he says, which is the great and the great com uh, commandment in the law. It says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus, Jesus said, this is the first Say the word first. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's all. On these two commandments hang all the law, all the law and the prophets. To be diligent in keeping, all you need to do is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And to love your neighbor, the second is as a result of the overflow from the first. Amen. That's why Jesus said, this is the first and great commandment. This is the real great commandment. Notice, he didn't say the second was the great commandment, right? He says, this is the first and great commandment. Then the second is like it. Because the second is as a result of an overflow from the first. And Jesus said, if you have the first, you will have the second. And if you have the second, you have diligently obeyed and carefully observed. Are we there? You there with me? Yes. If you have that and it's burning in your heart, the first. You have that, it's burning in your heart. We're talking about the power of the love of God. 
If you have that in your heart, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Everything that you set your hands to do will prosper. God will command his rain to come upon your life in a season so that you have from time to time showers of blessing. They're coming. They're coming. Because on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now in Romans chapter 13 verse 8 and verse 10, it says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has what? Fulfilled the law. When you have the overflow from God in your life, that's the fulfillment of all the law. You have fulfilled the law. And if God's word cannot return to him void, once the law is fulfilled, diligently observe, uh, observed, then these blessings have to come upon you. That's the power of the love of God in your heart. Not just revelation, but to make you have a fulfilled life in every area of life. You have to read from verse 1 all the way down. The different blessings. Blessed going out, blessed coming in. Everything you touch, God says he's going to bless it. Your children, the fruit of the womb, I asked the lady, when God says, blessed shall be the fruit of the womb, I said, who is, who is the object of the blessing? The person or the fruit of the womb? Blessed shall be what? The fruit of the womb. Who was God referring to? The child. When you love God, that child that you are carrying, before the child is born, is already blessed. You don't have to pray. That child is blessed. Blessed shall be the fruit of the womb. It's in that same chapter. All the way down. And God said, I will make it among people. You will be top and never beneath. Because of the love of God in your heart. I got to feel sorry for people who, that, who are not loving God fervently. <laughs> You're really hurting yourself. There's so much God has in store for you because you want to live life your own way and not carefully love him. And when you carefully love God, you can't love God and not love people. It's hard. You just can't help yourself. And every time you feel that way, there's this feeling of hating you. You are uncomfortable and tormented. Because that's not your true nature. So he tells us, Oh, no one anything. Don't be in debt to anybody. In other words, I am a debtor when it concerns you and when, it, when we're talking about love. I am in debt to you to love you. I got to pay that debt. Amen? Tell yourself that. I'm a debtor to you. I got to pay you. And the payment for you is love. I got to love you. I got to meet it. It says the wicked man borrows and doesn't pay back. That's what the psalm tells us. When you are in debt, you pay your debt. God expects you. I'm in debt to you. I've got to love you. I got to pay you that debt of love. That's what it says. Amen. Owe no one anything except to love. That's what God wants you to owe them. Love. To love them. Whether they are nice to you or they're not nice. You still have to love them because you are in debt. When you pay uh, Uncle Sam the taxes, right? You, you don't, many people pay their taxes don't even liking Uncle Sam, right? They're mad. I don't pay my taxes. 
But you know to pay it, right? Because if you know if you don't pay it, life wouldn't be good for you, right? I wish we see this the same way. I got to love this person because if I don't, I miss out on all my blessings, right? This is good. This is good. We got to love them. We got to love them. And verse 10 says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So we're talking about the power of God's love. If, if you know, God can actually walk through you in love. Let's turn to um, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. why I know you have what it takes to succeed. You have the power of love already existing in you. Every one of you that I'm looking at tonight. You already have it. You already have it. You know, many times I think in my head, if somebody buys you uh, uh, what, what's the nice car, a Ferrari or something, and, and, and they give it to you as a, as a gift, right? And you park that Ferrari in your garage, lock it up there, and nobody sees the Ferrari, and you keep talking about, I have a Ferrari. I'll listen to you a few days, but afterwards, I said, just be quiet. <laughs> we want to see this Ferrari that you say you have. How come you don't drive it? You keep talking about it, but nobody sees your experience, your Ferrari. Bring it down so we see it and maybe enjoy it with you. We're tired of hear you, uh, hearing you talk about your nice car and, and nobody can see it. But look at what the scripture now says, which is already in you. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been, what? Poured out in our heart. It's like a big shower. It has been poured out in your heart. It's there. You have the love of God. You have the power of love to succeed in every area of life. It's already there because of the Holy Spirit that was given to you. If you have received the Holy Spirit, you have all that it takes to succeed in life. That's what it's saying. You have fulfilled the law. It's already there. Let that love come out of you. Let it manifest itself. When you have the love of God in your heart, Jesus said, my father will love you and my, I will love you and come and manifest myself to you. And then he even went further. He says, will we come and make our dwelling with you? We will come and make our dwelling with you. So God is in my home. Amen. Nobody can come in my home and try to destroy anything in my home. I firmly believe that. If somebody armed comes in, he's going to see such mighty angels. He'll say, there's, there's something wrong about this home. And decide nobody will chase him, but he will run into the fence until he hurts himself. Because the angels will look at him and say, son, if you, if you come near, uh, uh, you may not see tomorrow. 
They're there. Those mighty angels are there. We live by faith and not by sight. That's what happened to uh, Gehazi. You remember him? He never saw all these mighty chariots of fire and everything. He didn't see them. He was in the natural. But uh, Elisha says, God opened his eyes. And the young man, oh my God, give him a few donuts to eat so he can be, man, we got all these people. But before that, when the prophet said to him, those that are with us are more than those. The guy looks and says, one, two. What are you talking about? The prophet has lost his marbles. What's wrong? And then the, the prophet said, God, open his eyes. They're there for us every single day. Now, Hebrews chapter 1 says that the, are they not ministering spirits that have been sent forth? They're not going to be sent. They have been sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. I don't see any angel and I don't want to believe that. Well, that's your problem. That's your problem. I believe they're there. I don't have to see them. I'm sure that there are some angels in our home wondering what God is seeing in you because you're so flaky, not you. Those of them out there. And he said, boy, God must really love this one, but man, he's in you. I don't know why I'm here. He never tells us to do anything. That's why we put that in that confession. Let the ministering spirits be released. Amen? Because they've been sent to minister to us. And they can do, they're there for us. For many of us, they're saying, I've been here for 10 years, and he's never said a word for us to do. We're just sitting there looking around. He's looking at him. Not you, them out there. Mm -hmm. But they are there for us. God has poured his love in your heart. Many times we are looking about, we're looking to the feeling. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's not how I feel. Feeling will catch up with your decision in your mind to obey the love of God that is already, this is the power of God that is unlimited that is in your life. The power of God's love. And that's why the Bible tells us in 1 John, if you hate, you're now living in death. What is that saying? Love always results in life. Amen? Love will always result in life. If your finances is having a hard time, love. First God and love your fellow man. With that love in you, that dying finances will come alive. Because love and light, they go together. And when there is light, there cannot be darkness. And when there is light, there cannot be confusion. Light came before God brought order. When you love God, light will come. Because the love of God is manifested by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so when you love, the Holy Spirit is at work. And as you begin to speak of the goodness of God in your life, God will begin to put order. Nothing will be void. No dark and no void. And God begins to work in our lives. Because the love of God has been poured out in your life. Now, we've heard how powerful faith is. And, and there was a time 
everybody thought in the United States, we got a faith movement. How many heard about that? The faith movement. And some talked about naming it, grabbing it. I heard all of this stuff. Name it, claim it, and grab it, and stuff like that. <laughs> and name it, and I go, ooh, I don't know, that's not the way I want to serve my God. It's not the name itself. But, but they're trying to teach us something. Sometimes when God wants to bring his children up, he allows something to move way to the right or to the left so that the children get, get it. And then he slowly brings them up to where they're supposed to be. There'll be all, all kinds of SSAs. If I don't know if you've read about how the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues movement came. There were a lot of crazy stuff happening when it started. A lot of crazy stuff happening. And a lot of strange doctrines that came in. But God tolerated it and God was still doing miracles because God was taking the people from where they were cold and he was taking them all the way to a place where he can reach them. And with time, the knowledge increases and then people get to the place where it's effective, truly effective. Can I hear an amen? God wants to work in our lives. Faith is so important. Faith is so, so important. James, let, he told us, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask from the Lord, who doesn't know bread? But then he says, but let him ask in faith. But because if you don't ask in faith, you are like the wave, you know, just to and fro. A, a, a man, a double-minded man, is unstable in all his ways. And let not that man think he will ever receive anything from the Lord. So you must ask in faith. If you lack wisdom, ask in faith. John also, First John, John tells us that faith is our victory. Faith. This is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. And the Bible tells us also in, in Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I keep wondering, why not love? If there abides hope, faith, and love, and the greatest is love, why is God not saying, without love, we cannot please God? Faith is what pleases God. Even as great as faith is. Even as great as faith is. The Bible is clear on that. It tells us that in Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision no uncircumcision avails, avails anything. In other words, your faith. Circumcision or uncircumcision, none of this avails anything. But faith walking through love. Faith walking through love. So your faith cannot operate without love. You need love for your faith to work. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, very clear scriptures. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, I like prophecy. Prophecy is great. 
is God manifesting himself through somebody speaking right in your presence. Paul says, although I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries, I can go deep. Deep calls heart to deep. I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith, not just I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I've not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. The real power is not in faith because faith works through love. Faith is ineffective without love. The first thing is the love of God. That's where the power is. That's why Paul says uh, to know the love of God. The height, the breadth, the depth. To know that. So that we can be partakers of this inheritance with the saints in light. We need that love to be able to do that. We need faith, but your faith is not effective if the love of God is not part of it. You know, a lot of people, they hear, and that's why a lot of people can tell, well, I don't want to listen to that pastor. He says to give, give. If you give, God's going to give back. So they're giving to get, but there is no love in your heart. And without faith, you're just giving your money away. We'll come into that. The pastor or the church, whatever, people, they keep saying the pastor is pocketing their money. You don't have understanding. You do it because of the love of God. It's got, even though you have that faith, and there is not a genuine love. You heard the word about giving and you believe that, but you're giving, but the love of God is not there. You can't really operate in that faith. You think you're believing, but your faith is not working, and what you're doing is not working because it's not mixed with love. I am nothing. You can do all these great things, but if love is not there, you, in God's mind, and when God sees you as nothing, it's going to be evident before people before long. There's nothing there. They can tell. You're nothing. You're nothing. So, the love of God is so important. It gets you to your destiny. It brings, it is so powerful for every one of us. The fourth thing your love affects your prayer life. Your prayers cannot get answered if love is not there. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 24, he tells us, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Believe. So that's faith, right? When you ask, that's prayer, right? When you ask, believe that you receive them and you will have them. But that believing, that's faith, right? You are praying and you have to have faith. But if love is not carrying your faith, it's not going to work. Love is the catalyst for your faith. And your prayer will not be answered without faith. So you need love, number one. That's why the Bible says the greatest of these is love. Hope, that's vision. You can have all the vision you want in this world. There abides faith, hope, and love. 
The greatest of this is love because your vision, your faith will not work unless there is genuine love of God in your heart. That's the first and great commandment. And if you obey that commandment, everything else will work. Your faith will work. Your prayer will work. Your fasting will work. A lot of people fast, they are going on, on what, they, what I call hunger strike. It's like, God, I'm going to kill myself fasting. We've had people fasting and trying to change po the politicians, right? If you don't do this, I'm going to kill myself fasting. <laughs> uh, people have hunger, hunger, hunger strike with God. When there is no love in your heart, your fasting is not going to work. It's not going to work. But I'm telling you, if you have the love of God in your heart and faith there, <laughs> uh, and you fast, it's like pouring gasoline on your prayer and lighting it up. Amen. Because it will work. It will always work. In, in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 through 7, it's, God says, it's not this, it's not the fast that I have chosen is not this, the fast that I've chosen, to lose the bonds of wickedness. Everybody say love. When you don't love, you will not lose the bonds of wickedness. You oppress people. You run over them trying to make money. You cheat. You lie. That's wicked. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? God saying it's not the hunger strike. That's good. But this is the fast that I've chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo every burden. You are make, making people, you are hurting people just to benefit yourself. And you're fasting. There is no love. You don't care about how they feel. It's what comes to you that matters. Undo heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go. And that you break every yoke. That's the pastor's work. Every yoke to break them. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? Everybody say love. That's what it is. That's love. You're concerned about what's happening to the other person. I know in the Christian faith today, there are people who are going around just thinking that they are smart. It's because they don't have love. They are taking advantage of your love for God. And God will only allow it after a while. But the problem is they'll never progress. They stay where they are. If there is a genuine need, you can help. And God will bless you. But sometimes God will let you reveal to you that this is they're taking advantage of you. You shouldn't just do it because God, you already know. <laughs> when God reveals it to you, you don't have to give. If you give because God says this, no. God tells you the truth, you don't give after that. You know the truth. They're taking advantage of you. And you're not helping them in that. But when they really need help, you do what you can. And that's love. And when you do all of these things, God says, that's the fasting that I want. Even your fasting will not work. It's powerless without the love of God in your heart. That's the power of God's love in our heart. And I'm going to close tonight with your giving. Your giving. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, it won't work without love. 
you, you can be very generous, but nothing is going to come back because it's not as a result of the love of God in your heart. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, that's a lot of sacrifice. That's an incredible thing to say. You mean somebody will actually give his body to be burnt and really not have love? Yes. And you see people flying into the Twin Towers? Is that love? That's no love. That's hate. But they give them their bodies to be burnt, right? That's possible. God knows. That's why he's saying it here. And Christians can do that. But there is really no love. It's for another cause. Not for the love of God in their heart. To see somebody saved. To see somebody's life getting better. He says, even though you do all of those things, it profits nothing. What does this say? Love profits. Amen? Love will bring you profit. You know what the Bible talks about owing and giving it out? When you sow it, it's coming right back to you. This is such a powerful thing that God is giving to us. And you have it inside of you. It's my constant prayer that God let me let the love flow out of me to my brothers and sisters. You have to be a pastor to see how you got to deal with this. It's constant. <laughs> it's constant. Because God opens your eyes as a, as a pastor to understand man. And you know, like Jesus said, uh, the Bible tells us in John, Jesus, after they saw the miracles, many people believed in him. But he never gave himself to them because he knew what was in the heart of man. He still loved them. He just knew what was there. And so sometimes as a minister, you'll see that, but you have to be able to walk there, and God does give the grace. And I said this before, check the New Testament about ministers. And if you are a minister, if you don't know this, know this today. You will see every time Paul is writing to the church, it will say, grace and peace be multiplied, be given to you. As the church, if he's writing to the efficient Christians, he says grace and peace. But when he's writing to an individual, a pastor, Philemon, he didn't do that. Whenever he's writing to a pastor, Timothy, Titus, guess what he writes? Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. For the church is grace and peace. But for the pastor, it's grace, mercy, and peace. You need it, pastor. Because you got a lot to deal with. Check it out. You can check, go check me out. Look at all the books. Romans, but when it comes to Timothy, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, you will see, he won't say grace and peace. It's grace, mercy, and peace. How many people are pastors and leaders here? You need mercy. <laughs> you need that. Because you need to be able to love. And it's the mercy of God upon your life that's going to give you that grace to continue with the love that is in you based on what you're having to go to. Now, I close with this. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, uh, 7 through 8, which is, uh, I'm reading from the New Century Version. And this is about giving. It says, each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. 
No pressure. I don't. Is the pastor is saying, uh, if you don't give, our church is going to close. Let me read it. Okay. If you don't give, the lights will go out. It says, each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give. Well, the pastor is sad again, I got to give. So, uh, and you're not happy about that. You should not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give or compelled to give. Don't give if you feel compelled to give. If you don't give, the line's going to go out, the show's going to close down, well, let it close down then. And let the lines go out. You shouldn't give because of that. That doesn't mean you shouldn't give, but don't give because of that. Because if you give because of that, you're not going to get anything back from God. You, get, you have to get something back from pastor saying the lights will go out. It says God loves a cheerful giver. God loves the person who gives happily. If you give happily out of love for God, not because you feel compelled, but from love in your heart. It says, and God can give you more blessings than you need. When you don't give because you're compelled, but because you just love God. And you will not allow the lights to go out in the house of God. If I have to sell my house, I heard a man say this and it shocked me. If I have to sell my property, I'm going to sell my property to make sure that need is met. I heard this guy say this. And guess what? You won't if, if this man doesn't profess faith like we do. I was shocked to hear that. He was telling me this. If I have to sell my property, I'll do that to meet this particular need. It says God can give you more blessings than you need that you will always have what? Plenty of what? Everything. When you give out of love to God, he will give you plenty of everything. Everything that's your family life, your children, your finances, your retirement, everything, everything, God will take care of them. Stand up with me tonight. God will give you plenty of everything so that you have enough to give to everything that's good. But it's got to be coming from the love of God in your heart. I like those individuals back there and God's blessing them. I've heard about, I've read testimonies. I wonder why it's not happening in the United States. They have a need in the church and the guy says, I have this other car. I don't need two cars. I'm going to sell that car so that the church will meet his need. And they take the money happily. Pastor, we've got that. How much more do you need? How much more do you need? We don't, you fight for the house of God. That's what the Bible says. If I believe in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. With the love of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. That's what he says. If I have to suffer for God's kingdom, I love my God. Amen? I love my God. And I love the people of God. I really, truly, genuinely love God's people. I may not agree with everybody, but I love everybody. And if I feel anything, first thing I do, I pray. 
I start praying for the individual until I free myself I completely so I can love them even though nothing may change. That's the way we got it because the power of love is already in us. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord according to the scriptures? Lifting up holy hands without fear or doubting before our God. That's what God commanded and as we do that, we don't understand it we're like children. We lift up our hands and hopefully, man, I believe God takes your hand and say, daughter, son, I see you. I see what you're asking for. And I love you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I know my love is going to be activated in your life. It's already there. I mean, I'm going to give you avenue so that you can activate that love of God in your heart so that lives will be touched and your children will be blessed. There is no one that truly loves God. Regardless of what church you go to, when you truly love God, you will begin to see the fruit in your children, how they are doing so well. Nobody can stop their prosperity. Amen? The devil may calm down and hurt them a little bit, but God says that's only for a season, and it shall come to pass. Amen? When the Lord will come in his season, and the rain will pour down, showers of blessing. Father God, I thank you for your people tonight. I thank you for the revelation of your word. I thank you because your word will never return to your void. Your people are blessed. And according to Balaam, the one that God has blessed cannot be cursed. They are blessed. They cannot be cursed. Your blessings are coming upon them and overtaking them because the word of God says, if you have the love of God in your heart, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And I pray tonight, everything that they set their hands to do will prosper. I call the managers, inventors, children, inventors, smart, above, and never beneath. All our children blessed, the grandchildren blessed, all of them so blessed. We don't know, because the blessings of God will come upon them and overtake them. I pray that blessing to the, the Shekinah glory of the living God, the power to bless, the manifestation, manifestation of your goodness upon your people tonight. They will go home and live in peace because the, peace, the Prince of Peace is living with them. They will sleep well tonight in Jesus' name. I rebuke every pain, every sickness, every disease by the power of the living God. Your people are free tonight because the love of God dwells in them and they love the brethren. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, so shall it be. God bless you.